Good morning, it's Friday, May 20th. The guy next to me doesn't have a beard because Paul's in Minneapolis at VCon and Briar Kramer was in a driverless car. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. If it's that once, no need to repeat. Good morning. Brian Kramer is joining us. He's got his pushback shirt on if you can't see it. He's ready to go. He's, he's basically ripping through it because it's a schmedium and he's got arms the size of Gigantor. So we're good to go on that. I told, I told Paul that I needed a, a bigger shirt, but at least I'll just like <laughs> fat guy in a little coat. It's perfect. It's perfect. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to dig in. If you haven't seen Brian Kramer's video in a driverless car, which obviously driverless car technology isn't any, you know, absolutely brand new thing, but, you know, just learning about it, thinking about it, getting that firsthand experience, and then where we're going to go. We're going to talk that. We're going to talk Jim Farley, the CEO of uh, Ford, has a new podcast and then uh, a little bit of stock exchanges. But first, before we do that, uh, Paul is out at VCon, uh, Gary V's conference that uh, is access only by having an NFT. And if you don't understand it, you can uh, check back on yesterday's email that we had uh, on asodu.com and, and learn a little bit more there. Uh, but we have a video from him on, on location this morning. So we're going to watch that first before we get going into the show. Here we are in front of U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, day one of VCon. Last night uh, was the welcome reception, and just uh, look what the cat dragged in this morning. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> great to a, see everyone. We had a great dinner last night. This is Claude and Jen. You know them already. Maybe not Jen as much. Jen, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, I'm Jen Ruza, and I'm the EVP on the People and Experience team at VaynerX. So excited to be here. And I hear that Jen is actually the one that does most Jen's, of the work. Jen's the S-H-I-T. Yes. She gets it all done. I work for her. A and, thousand and percent. If some of our audience might not know, this is Claude Silver, Chief Heart Officer of VaynerX. So how many people do you make sure are tucked in and happy and healthy and well? About fifteen to 1,600. Depends on what Jen tells me every single day. Just but a couple. A lot. That number probably changes quite a bit. On the daily. I mean, basically, we would take care of every single person here, if Gary said to, which basically well, we will anyway. Well, you have 10,000 to take care of we, today, we I think. Can do, I think we can pull it off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fry. we're going to check in with you throughout the next few days. Just wanted to tell you about the energy. Just thousands of people lined up here in downtown Minneapolis. My Uber driver was telling me how great it was to have people and energy in and around the city again. One of the reasons Gary put on the event here, he just wanted to, you know, contribute some life. He's already doing that. My Uber driver actually thanked me for the business. That's I amazing. That. They've been great. I love that. Yeah, we've had repeat Uber drivers, too. That's always good it's, when you have a repeat yeah, one. I know. We're happy. Yeah. We can't wait to get inside. We are. Just wanted to check in with you this morning. We'll come with, to you with a lot more stuff, but uh, I'm glad I ran into you, too, this morning. I'll probably Me see too. you 20 other times like, yeah. at the grocery store Thanks, yeah. where you see Thanks, the same Paul. person. Yeah. Talk yeah. to you soon. Later. Bye. Thanks, guys. Here we are in front of U.S. Bank. <laughs> All right. So if you don't know, uh, VaynerX is um, is Gary V's media company, uh, and they they span a lot of different uh, kind of things that they do. They uh, support a lot of, of the big brands across the country and across the world. So uh, Paul Paul has a little bit of familiarity with that crew just because of his his early um, Vayner mentors um, kind of inclusion, and then has been a part of that crowd. He was out out to dinner with James Orsini and with the Sasha group and um, and that whole crew. So, uh, yeah, we'll check in with him, obviously. And if you follow him around social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, you'll probably see more of that as we go. Uh, but with that one said... Of the best pod, yeah. One of the best podcasts I've heard is with Gary... Uh, 
Gary Vee and Mark Zuckerberg, when they're talking about the metaverse, if you want to hear the best breakdown of NFTs, how it all goes together, uh, look that up. That's the, that's the best breakdown I've heard. Yeah, you know, actually, I think someone was saying that there's there's just this the 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 energy around what Gary V is doing with Web three technology, how he is implementing, you know, NFTs, and really seeing them as projects and not as just individual items, where they they have kind of a web out to other access and and engagement with communities. He's got this whole Discord channel that's extremely active. So it's much past, like a lot of people are like, well, why would I want to buy this little, you know, uh, you know, a little like goofy looking, you know, hand-drawn thing. And I think that he's really done a great job at building community and building access around, um, you know, Web3 technology, metaverse technology, NFTs and things like that. So uh, maybe we'll find that podcast and link it up in the show notes or, or share it out there for everyone uh, if Brian can grab that. So, Brian, I want to ask you about you were in a driverless car, I guess, earlier this week. Um, the technology is by a company called Quibus. Is, did I say that right? So I, that's what I thought it was. Uh, okay. It's called Kibis. Kibis, naturally, yes, because so, they're from Wales or something, right? <laughs> they, don't, they don't say the so, U. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but I'll tell you what; those are some of the uh, you know Leonid, who's the uh, the founder of that company, uh, has has worked with that technology and other uh, publicly traded companies, and he he basically created it when he came to the the dealership to install that. I guess it wasn't you know, he thought it was a Prius Prime and it was a Prius gasoline, so he said it took him a little you know a little extra time. It would have taken me I don't know thirty days. Yeah, it took him like about an hour to Golly. reroute the. Uh, whatever it is that he did, but it was just a, basically a, about the size of an iPad, little um, magnetic, uh, almost like an antenna that goes on top of the, really? the rear passenger, or no, the rear driver's side, uh, but it was a black exterior. So you couldn't even see it. Now he's got a more sophisticated one that has cameras on the outside, like you'll see in San Francisco, right? That yeah. drive on the highways and that sort of thing. Uh, but it requires drilling two holes. So we didn't do that on, on that demo just for in-city driving, but it's actually driven remote like a drone. Okay. Uh, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it was like embedded technology, understanding the road or if it was remote driving. So essentially like they were, they were able to take a Prius that you had sitting on the lot or a demo or something like that and just reroute a couple things, put it, put an antenna on it and then be able to drive the car around remotely. Is that right? Yes. <clears throat> so if you, if, so I've seen the uh, device on the other side, it, which it was in Eastern Europe. So the person driving that car was in Eastern Europe and no Leon, it was on the, in the back seat, uh, just talking to him. But the crazy, the crazy thing is what that the driver is doing. If you picture guardians of the galaxy two, when they're all in those, uh, pods, you know, the, uh, I forget what, what they call it from Xandar or whatever. Right. And they're the Xandarians. It, it's similar to that, but it's a gaming console with a, it actually has a 420 degree viewing bird's eye view. Uh, so it can actually see more than we can. But at wow. one point we were driving and it stopped. And I, uh, and, I, and I looked over and I said, is there something wrong? And all of a sudden the Sienna whipped by us because they didn't know that there was nobody in the driver's seat. Right. And uh, Leon had said, he goes, yeah, they can see more than we can. That's nuts. Okay. So here's, here's my real question though, because we see the driverless technology and it's starting to get used for things like delivery. Um, you know, a lot of the like Uber and Lyft and things like that are utilizing it for food delivery and, um, you know, parcel delivery. 
But where do you see this, particularly for auto dealers? Because you had a couple of notes of like how you might actually implement this, especially in something where it's easy to install, right? And get in and, and, and install something quickly. Where do you see this in the next like one to two years from an auto dealer perspective, enhancing their ability to do business? So I see different opportunities. Now that I'm tuning into this frequency, I'm seeing opportunities everywhere. Right. For instance, this morning, look, you know, my daughter, uh, we just got her a car, right? So I drove her car home last night, but now my car was back at the dealership. So this morning, my wife had to give me a ride back to the dealership to pick up my car and then drive all the way back over here. Mm. Whereas I could have just had that thing pick me up and then driven it back and left it there. Yes. If somebody, if you're flying into Fort Myers to Naples, I could, instead of having to take two cars, if I was, let's say I was going to drop a car off for you at the airport. Right. Instead of having two people go out there, I just have that car drive there, park in short-term parking. You get off the plane, you get into the vehicle, start it up, drive it around. You don't have to go back to the dealership, turn it in, fill out the forms and all that stuff. So if you picture Turo, and I'm sure a ton of people on this on this podcast have heard, are familiar with that. I, I rented one in Jackson Hole because there right. was no rental cars available. Renting someone else's, but I, yeah. <clears throat> I had to walk, I don't know, three miles to somebody's apartment because I couldn't get any Ubers. Ah. So I go over there, he unlocks it. But that whole process was, it consumed a couple hours, you know, which I mean, it's a nice place to go walking, but right. not every place is. Yeah. <clears throat> but if I could have just had it pick me up and then not have to do all that, especially in urban areas where you've got like auxiliary lots and you got people that have storage lots for offsite service. And some people have offsite body shops, yep. or if you're taking a sublet car and you're taking a, you want to do a, you know, you've got a used car, it's under warranty and you want to take it to the local Ford store. You typically have to have uh, two lot porters that drive it over there. You got a chase car, then they both ride back in that car. So time, expenses, like an extra car, miles, gas, all of that type of stuff ticks up instead of just like that car getting there, right? And typically when you take a hot car, you get an, you know, for those, those like Ben Stock or somebody, you know, Brad Mugg in, in LA, people that have like, you know, very limited space. Yep. They, they could take, they could have, uh, you know, the salesperson typically will jump on one of those cars, go to the other lot, find the car they're looking for, leave another desirable piece of inventory at the yep. other lot. Now you can just summon it back. Yep. I mean, for well, parts and, deliveries, there's so many possibilities. And uh, yeah. So like I saw Ben stock, he was like, I, but I still like driving cars. And I think the, I think like the first iteration of this is not that you go get in a car and do your morning commute every single day. Now there may be some people that are attached to that, but I think the first kind of layer and iteration is solving those friction points along you know people resources and time resources whether that be personal or business related and that's going to be really the first place where we see this driverless technology especially remote i think especially remote driving um where where there's like no one near the car right um i think that that's probably going to be the place where we see that first so it's that's really interesting uh how did it but he he enjoys driving a portion not you know whatever it is that he's driving cargo but he doesn't, I promise you, enjoy driving. He's not getting into a car, giving somebody a ride across Queens right. to another one of his auxiliary lots in rush hour traffic. Not he definitely chance. doesn't. So that's the kind of driving that we're trying to eliminate. Exactly. Not the, the joy of driving. Not the joy of driving. Like keep the joy of driving, eliminate the, the hassle uh, pieces. So um, I, I just have to know. How did it feel? Like, was there this anxiousness, this nervousness, this gut thing, or did it like immediately go, 
well, I've been uh, been around this enough, right? And so now I'm. It, it just feels that was the first time I was in it, right? So they had walked me through. They showed me videos about it, and um, you know, Eric Davis, uh, who used to be with Upstart, is the one that that introduced us, and Zach Forrester is the other uh, partner in it with with Lena. And they're just a they're a tech startup basically, right? You know, so you never know how it's going to go. And I know that with most autonomous driving cars, and you know, you got Tesla and you got some other ones with similar tech, but you got to be sitting in the front seat. You can take your hands off the wheel, but you can't get out of the vehicle, right? And when I was in there with Lena, he goes, "No, it just you know, we just take your hands off the wheel." And I said, "Come on, you've got to be able to, you know, can't be. We need somebody not in the front seat." And you you could tell he wasn't uh, thrilled about it, but I I've seen them. They they did it with the uh, Prime Minister of Lithuania over in Europe and. They do a lot, a lot of business. So it's not like it's some brand new thing. They, he's, they're from San Francisco, where that's the epicenter of all of that, right? Yeah. Florida just passed the legislation, but I mean they've been doing this in Europe for some time now. <laughs> he's got a dog in the background. I absolutely love it. Yeah. No. So I mean, obviously, people have been doing this for quite some time, and you, you know, closed environment. You know, being in that passenger seat, obviously, there's a lot of nervousness around not being in the driver's seat. But um, I think it's a technology that's coming and and something new. Um, if if you're watching the video, you can kind of see uh, Brian sitting in the passenger seat, explaining what's going on. It looks like a ghost is in the driver's seat, uh, but that ghost is obviously overseas. Um, and uh, just a really interesting environment. I think that there's going to be some use cases really soon. We've got uh, the link to the four vi- full video in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, the, but- client, the client at the end, as we pull around the corner, he was, he was waiting to get picked up, and he's staring into the car. And I rolled down the window, and I said, what do you think? <laughs> And he said, who's driving that? The Invisible Man? Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely, yeah. So, so After we interviewed him, we said, what do you think? And he, he's like, I mean, you got to watch that video, but it's uh, his reaction is priceless. He's just like, no, this is the weirdest thing, right? And I think <laughs> maybe in California, people are used to it, but like, you know, Naples, Florida, that's it's not that's not your everyday uh, yet Tech at this hub. point. So. <laughs> Some people call it heaven's waiting room. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard it said that before. And I know exactly what you mean. My grandparents used to live in Naples. So I know exactly where you're headed there. Well, I've got a couple more things. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Jim Farley, uh, the the Ford CEO. And you're now a Lincoln dealer. So you are closer to the Ford environment. Has uh, started a podcast that is being completely uh, um, paid for and supported by by not just Spotify, but also Salesforce. Uh, he's interviewing guests like Tom Brady, Dak Shepard, uh, the Harley Davidson CEO, Jackson Zietz, um, Amelia Hartford, the Duke of Richmond, and Patrice Banks, who a lot of us know through uh, Women of Color Automotive Network. Um, and she she has the Shecanics that she, uh, just a really neat thing. Uh, so interesting to see a another, like, that watching Elon from a distance, I think another CEO of an OEM going, Hey, got to implement some personal branding and connect to all of these high level connections. Um, and you kind of had a couple little quick takeaways before we got on thinking about how CEOs might actually be engaging with some of these, not just technologies, but people and brand, right? Well, it makes, it makes them seem a lot more real. You know, I, he used to be our district manager, regional manager when I was at Lexus back in the late nineties, uh, calling on 
Jermaine Lexus up in Ohio. So oh, wow. his, yeah. his cousin's actually Chris Farley. Right. Referencing at the beginning of the show. But he's, he's got a lot of personality. Remember, he was the uh, vice president of Scion when he launched that brand. He was disruptive you know, with the way in which they launched that. And, and, and he's definitely the biggest disruptor in franchise automotive right now. I mean, he's uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, he, with what he's doing with the lightning, with EVs spending all this stuff off, he hired, you know, the, I know that, you know, the first rule about Apple, you know, Titan project is nobody talks about Apple Titan project, but the guy that was running that is now, you know, in the C-suite at Ford. So, I mean, he's bringing in, you know, you bring in that level of talent, things are going to, are going to be big. I mean, he, the meeting where I was at, he was talking about massive scale. He said, we need to quit looking at 20,000, 30,000 uh, unit estimates, forecasts, because if you take a look at Tesla, they're talking 100,000, 200,000 per model. Right. And they also simplify the build. And, and that's where he's going. I know that for a fact is the simplification of where you can do over the air updates for whatever options you want. So it requires less chips it more robust, you know, like Tesla yeah. when they had that break issue. Well, and, and Paul and I have been talking about how it's, you know, software as an update, but also software as a service, right? And so they are leaning heavily that way. And you think about bringing someone from Apple into the C-suite, that is it, like everyone thinks it's a phone, a hardware piece, but it's 100% software as a service because you're recurring revenue, you're always getting the new phone and you're always getting over the air updates and you're paying for elements within an app store or within, you know, cloud cloud-based technology. And so that level of thinking coming into an OEM is obviously happening. I really think that the the really interesting thing here to me is that Ford isn't the, like, it's not brought to you by Ford. It's brought to you by Salesforce. So you've got to think that there's some level. I mean, Ford probably uses Salesforce as their CRM, maybe Ford Direct does, but there's got to be some level of attention that Salesforce has on automotive, specifically retail automotive right now, that we might see coming in in the near future, right? Well, if you if you think about the amount of data that they have with their connected vehicles and how they communicate and how their consumers behave, and, you know, we only see the tip of the iceberg from, from the, all the data that they collect. I'm sure that they're looking at the efficiencies that they can do from a retargeting standpoint a tier yep. two and tier three, I think is really going to get disrupted in the next five years in terms of what that looks like and, and the OEM's involvement. And, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but it's going to, dealers are going to have to go more towards branding, branding their experience, yep. branding what they do. And the OEMs are going to be launching models like, uh, like movie premieres, like Top Gun 2. And when a new model comes out, it's going to be surround sound you know like what you were talking about earlier nfts launching it and, and, yep. and morphing into all these other well i, I think that uh, top gun 2 if you take a look at the marketing campaign for that that's a great template for what it'll look like yep without a doubt and i also think that the other piece of this with thinking about brand plus technology is yes dealers need to be thinking brand thinking about experience but i think they also have to be thinking about their data understanding how their data is being leveraged by their oem and also how they can leverage their data clean their data and make it sufficient enough to prove to the OEMs that they can utilize that data in a good way. Because if Salesforce is trying to come into automotive more, it means they're trying to implement things like Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Customer Journeys. And so if 
the OEM is looking to do that, dealers should be looking to do that right now because they can pivot faster and move quicker uh, with the data that they currently have. Well, that is all the time we have for today. We went through some stuff. Web3, talking driverless cars and podcast by CEOs. Brian Kramer, thank you for joining us. Get out there and serve someone today and do it. <laughs> <laughs>